Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You're listening to MAP Sports Take. Whether it's breaking news or sports business, this is your home for unmuzzled and unconventional sports talk. With assistant general manager, director of player personnel, and three-time world champion on his resume, David Turner has a thing or two to teach you about pro football. At his side is Ryan Roberts, former college football player, football coach, and NFL Draft Bibles director of scouting. Together, they're here to take you on a deep dive into what goes on in the world of sports. Ryan and David, take it away. Welcome to Mavs Sports Take, episode 68, here on the Unmuzzled Sports Talk, working through the business side of sports. We want to thank everybody that is listening, whether you're listening on Twitter, on YouTube, on Facebook. We're very interactive. If you want to send us a question at any point, please send it in the chat. We will be more than happy to go through what we're talking about tonight. We're going to be talking a little NFL college football news. Joe Brady fired the offensive coordinator from the Carolina Panthers. Marcus Freeman hired by the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Mario Cristobal, the new man in Miami. Brett Venables, also to the Oklahoma Sooners. Before we do, though, we're actually going to be talking to Mr. Joe DeLeon, Believe Podcast um, Believe Podcast Network producer and host of the Believe in FCS football podcast where we'll be talking a lot of the FCS and of course we're in the playoffs now entering the second week of the playoff bracket want to be able to talk to him before you do would you be a parent of a high school athlete trying to make it to the next level if you answered yes then why not secure coaching for them from an expert here at Maverick Sports Consulting we work with high school athletes of all sports to create a pointed recruitment plan helps um Program to help out clients secure their opportunities to play collegiate sports. We focus on your transcripts, your film, your leadership, and more to set your goals and create pathways to get to them. Whether you're looking to attend an SEC school or Slippery Rock University, we can support your efforts to get to those goals in 2022. Contact us today at MaverickSportsConsulting.com. So, David, before I get Joe on here, as we do every single episode, <laughs> talking again to 18-year scouting vet across the NFL, CFL, and three straight Arena League championships with the Arizona Rattlers, and of course the owner of Maverick Sports Consulting that launched in 2015, if I have that correct in my mind. Talking to David Turner, my friend, how are you? Doing well, doing well, you know, just on the grind over here, uh, trying to get all the contracts lined up, and as kids start committing to their agents, you know, start moving forward, the interview prep and everything else. You and I just launched a new product line last night, which I'm sure we can dive into later in the show. Tell all our viewers and uh, people from TikTok to Twitter all about it. And, um, you know, I'm just doing well. I'm excited about the show tonight because we don't talk enough FCS football, you know, and to have Joe on to come on and talk about it. I think it's going to be a great uh, insight of what's going on. We always hear about, obviously, as when I say we, the the crowd of B, we'll hear about the Alabamas and the Notre Dames of the world and all the bowl games have gotten selected. But like you said, there's eight teams left in this playoff run for the FCS championship. We got a really interesting conversation coming up um, from their spring games now into this. And I think it's going to be a great conversation tonight and bring some light to uh, that F- uh, FCS season that a lot of people don't talk about. We're always talking about FBS um, jobs and things going on. That's the headlines, right? Yeah, yeah, and, and I, I think it's a lot of fun because we have a lot of different layers to kind of work through. I usually make fun of Joe and say that FCS isn't real football, but obviously I'm joking. You know, me being in, in the scouting side of everything, you being the scouting side, obviously there are a lot of great players that come out of FCS programs, and we have playoff football. So always excited to talk to my good friend, bringing him on now, Mr. Joseph De Leon, Ponce De Leon, if you know him very well. <laughs> Joe, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great. Any excuse to talk FCS? I always say this uh, when I do a radio spot or anything like that. I am always down to talk FCS. It, it's good to be back here talking to you guys, though. I feel like the last time I hopped in and did an actual broadcast with you guys it was probably the the draft when we did the the, the full day live. Yeah, and Joe, you know what? I'm disappointed that you still haven't gotten a damn light in your closet since the draft. <laughs> I mean, you're still you're look you're you're still looking like you know. The man in the closet, Darth Vader's little brother that they don't let out of the shoebox 
over there, you know, sitting there in the closet. I mean, our friends, our family, our, our viewers would love to see that beautiful face of yours. Maybe not, but still, you know, <laughs> you, it's like, can we get a can we get a backlight? Can we get a back? You know, I'm gonna start a GoFundMe for his back, his circle light. He needs a little lighting over. Yep. Uh, my yeah, my Joe, lighting's uh, not as bad as as my co-host Sean's, which uh, anyone for reference wants to check out the. <laughs> believe in fc i don't pod. understand how you guys just like don't like get a, a goal i'm gonna to buy a I'm, I'm gonna buy a <laughs> it's it's on the agenda i i, I do intend i mean to buy it's christmas coming up ask the parents for a freaking ring light <laughs> oh or something all right david chill out man he's our guest and you're and you're and you're doing all this it's right now I deserve, I deserve it right it's, <laughs> it's been seven months since the draft and he's still sitting in the closet with no light on <laughs> I've been recording during the day. Now it's it's dark out at five o'clock. That's the bigger issue. <laughs> yeah, that's all. It's Joe. I, he's a friend of the show. He he knows what he's getting right. into coming on. That, I guess that's I true. Deserve I, guess that's true. I deserve it. I deserve it. Joe, I guess first and foremost, before we start here, obviously, and I think I, I loved actually. I loved the spring season for the FCS because I felt like that was the only football on. Right, like people were excited about it. I feel like not many people are talking about the fact that we're in the second week now going into the FCS playoffs, man. Like how has it been for you being able to cover it and how excited has just kind of to see how everything is shaken out into this point. Yeah, it's been pretty wild so far um, at the start of the playoffs. The first round was uh, a bit messy. You have some upsets, you have some crazy outcomes. And then second round, you get all these blowouts. You get James Madison, North Dakota State uh, blowing out their opponents. Uh, you have Holy Cross playing a, a much better game than anticipated than in Eastern Tennessee State with Quay Holmes. They pulled off an insane comeback. They were down by 15 points with a minute 32 left. And Sean and I were talking about on the pod this week that I got up and walked away from the game and I put a different game on with like two minutes left. Didn't think anything of it. And then I see on that they came back by 15 points and won by one point because they went for it on a two-point conversion. So this playoff series, a back-to-the-normal playoffs, has been as wild as it could possibly be, which is just fantastic. We're here with a week of, of college football where there's only one game of FBS, which is the Navy-Army game. So that means maybe people will tune into some of these playoff games for some exciting FCS action. For sure. And, of course, Quay Holmes, friends of MAP Sports Take. So fantastic running yeah. back out of East Tennessee. Um, I think I think if I have this correct too, Joe, uh, Sean is a big Kennesaw State fan too, right? So he was uh, heart was broken a little bit there. <laughs> well, it's uh, he's kind of a not not really a Kennesaw fan, but we've got two listeners who are like original listeners of the show. Who they you know one of them's really nice. He always texts us and he always indirectly uh, Sean always indirectly jinxes them because he talks about them so much. But he was a big supporter. He thought that they were going to go on this run because he loves the the triple option aspect of Kennesaw State and they they managed to blow it. Da David loves a triple option too. It's uh it's it's real football, right, David? It's real football. Hey, um, it's exactly where I came from at Delta High School. We I know it is. They still run it. Stuff. They still yeah. run it. Yeah. So oh. hey, I'm all about option football. I'm all about it. Sign me up for a wishbone any day of the week. Well, speaking of what is old school and what is traditional, Joe, what a great segue here. Pats last night through six passes. Hold okay, okay. Well, let's. Uh, <laughs> I think I think Mac Jones was like two for three passing last night, but we're not going to talk about that yet. Two for three, it, nineteen yards. It was gross. It was absolutely like, gross. wow. You talk. They had not, they had six offensive linemen in. <laughs> For like seventy eight percent of the snaps last night, <laughs> talk about going old school run. You you brought it up, right? I was like, I was I wasn't even thinking about it until you brought it up. You're talking about the old school run. I'm like, what what they did last night was old school run offense, baby. Well, I, I put a tweet out. I was like, noted triple option quarterback Mac Jones. So yeah, yeah. it was uh, it was a little crazy. Um, but my great segue, which was ruined by David, but I was going to talk about the old reliable North Dakota State. Now, Joe, we were coming off the of spring, which was abnormal. Of course, Sam Houston State takes home the victory, and North Dakota State just kind of doesn't look like the right team, the, the the team that they usually are, because obviously. We're talking about like a spring after losing Trey Lance and like what's the quarterback position looking like? Is it Quincy Patterson? Is it Cam Miller? Looks like they've settled on Cam Miller and they had a very dominant showing 38 to 7 over Southern Illinois, which I know kind of faded there at the end, but like they had played some good football for a majority of the season. Question for you is North Dakota State, is this revenge for their abnormal spring? Are they, in your opinion, the favorites to come out top during the playoffs? 
No, I don't. I don't think so. I, I don't think they're back to that level of dynasty dominance that we saw previously. And, and Cam Miller is a fine quarterback who took over the the job towards the end of the season. Um, and and I got to see him in person when I was there at South Dakota State, North Dakota State. I'm still not entirely impressed by him, and it's just because he's a young guy, and I think he needs some time to, you know, to work through the pressures of being a, a starting quarterback for the Bison. Um, I, I felt like he was very easily flustered, and when pressure was in his face, he was he was rolling out of the pocket and he was throwing the ball in in, in very questionable places, and and just was not very consistent and got into a lot of third and long situations. But when they're running the football like they were against the Salukis. They are a very tough team to beat. Uh, I believe there was like five different guys had rushing touchdowns or something along those lines or just five rushing touchdowns total. So they are a very productive offense when it comes to running the football. If they don't have to rely on Cam Miller, they are a good football team. But I still believe that there are more complete teams still available uh, right now playing in the playoffs. And I, I have a follow up to David before he answers his first question. Uh, David, what's a Saluki? It's a dog. Oh, good job. It's you like didn't that. know that? No, I did. I did just because I've seen I've seen the logo and all that good stuff. But I was curious if you had mascots, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Don't try me, young buck. I've been doing uh, it longer than you have. I, I can I can get you on some mascots. I think sometimes, like we'll start talking about the shot to clears and all that good stuff. You know what shot to clear is? Is that bird. damn chicken thing on the top of their head? It's a rogue chicken, man. It's yeah, a it's rogue a chicken. Yeah, Dude, go look at it, man. Like, look up a shot to clear. They are yeah, some nasty what, uh, looking. What qualifies a, a chicken as rogue? Like, like they're just very like angsty, you know? They've uh, angsty. Listen yeah. to that yeah. SAT uh, word, angsty. Angsty. Well, that's not <laughs> they need to be on Ritalin. That's pretty, that's, per- that's, they're, the, they're the chicken <laughs> that need to be on Ritalin. Pretty common, pretty common word I would say is angsty, but yeah, angsty not teen. Really, and, but I keep going. Uh, okay, all right. Well, David, <laughs> a- a- ask your first question. I got. It. Oh, and I would like to say, David's next question is about a, a team that is featured uh, features another Mav Sports take uh, uh, honorary guest at one point. I don't know why I couldn't think of uh, past whatever. I, I, my mind is not going right. Matt McRobert, who is a punter for for Sam Houston State, so shout out to Sam Houston State and Matt McRobert. Sorry, David. Go ahead. Yeah, now is Sam Houston State a, a legit contender? Or is it going to be? You know, they have their 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 sunshine in the in the spring, and they're they're you know they're just going to be run over here now that we got all the other ones uh, cleared out of this race here. Uh, I really do believe that they they are a, a legit contender. Um, they had a bit of a lighter schedule in in the fall here. They didn't really face a lot of super difficult opponents. So they weren't necessarily tested, but undefeated is undefeated in my eyes in the regular season, um, playing in a, in a relatively decent conference that they're in. But uh, I see a team that is not only experienced in making a playoff run, but is built uh, very strongly defensively as a really good run, run game with Ramon Jefferson. And then Eric Schmidt is, is starting to look better and better. And I was saying, uh, you know, I've said the whole season that I'm not sure where I stand on Schmidt. And a lot of last year I was saying I wasn't really buying in. But the more I see of him, the more I feel that he is a really good starting FCS quarterback. Um, And I I really do believe that the Bearcats are a legit contender this year. I believe they're playing Montana State this weekend, which is going to be or no. um, No, they are playing Montana State, uh, which is going to be a difficult matchup for them. And are probably their first real test this season. But they, they are a very, very complete team. Yeah, and my next question is actually about Montana State, which is a great segue there, Joe, and, and a team that's very curious. But I would just like to say um, it, Sam Houston State, uh, fresh off a 49-42 victory over Incarnate Word. I just want to put this out there in the universe to David because I don't think I've ever talked to him about it. David, write this down. I said this last year to Joe when he was a, when he was a freshman, okay? Write it down. Cameron Ward, quarterback, Incarnate Word. Oh, you said this last year. I know what the hell you're talking about. Okay. Right Dude is going to be a drafted football player, maybe top fifty. Like that's, I think wow. that I, there, I think it. I really do. This is the next. Like we saw Trey Lance obviously go top three last year. We've seen the past, not as recently, but like we saw Carson Wentz, and then working back to like Steve McNair and like these dudes that come out of the FCS over so often. I think this is the next guy. I do, I do. I think he's extremely talented, big arm. So just got one to throw that out there before I ask you. Joe, about Montana State, who, in my mind, in my mind, in my opinion, 
entering the playoffs, I would say they're one of the front runners because that defense is legit, like super legit. And Troy Anderson, who's going to the, who's going to the Shrine game, talented linebacker, very good defense. They have a running back, Infancy, I think is how you pronounce it, who is yes. a very talented running back. And then they have an NC State transfer, Matthew McKay. I'm like, okay, he's he's nothing like spectacular. He's not one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, but he's a very good FCS quarterback, in my opinion. And then before the playoffs, David, this is where we are going to talk about this. Before the playoffs, he enters the transfer portal. The starting quarterback, right before the FCS playoffs, enters the transfer portal. It's bizarre. But I don't yeah, want to talk I, about I, I'm going to add two cents into this. I don't understand why that you need to do it before the right. playoffs. Like, right. I, I really am baffled at that part of it, of that story. It's like, finish the season and then transfer. What, what was right. the rush here, Joe? Yeah, so I don't know if it was necessarily maybe a quarterback change before the game because, I mean, McKay did a decent job, but the, the reason for their success was because of Afonso, who has had a fantastic season. Um, I, I honestly think that the only thing that would make sense is seeing all these other guys that aren't in the playoff right now entering the portal. It has been a mass exodus for FCS players entering the portal, most of them just getting more FCS offers and staying at the FCS level or possibly moving down to Division Two or Division Three, Some of these guys think that they're going to get an FBS offer, but it doesn't necessarily come. And a guy like McKay, who comes from an FBS program, he must just be thinking that if everybody's entering the portal, he needs to do it now. Otherwise, he's going to be um, you know, SOL and, and be in a, in a tough spot. So I, I think that's probably the thing that makes the most sense. It's a selfish decision. Um, yeah. you, we're in a selfish era of college football in general. Coaches just doing whatever they want, players doing whatever they want. But it's... It's the world of college football that we're in today. Yeah. You heard it, it from it, Joe. It's mayhem. It's <laughs> out here. It's mayhem. Well, it's bizarre because then they we put in their – We talked about it last week, Joe, how it's we, just mayhem. All It, it all, is. You know, it's getting that point. Barred. It really is mayhem. But I know, I know Joe, I was kind of like leading up to the fact of like – so they take their backup quarterback. I know they have Tucker Rovig that's still on the roster that was a pretty solid quarterback for them a couple years ago until he lost his job to McKay. But they have a – guy that is now like an option wildcat quarterback that's running the offense. I think he ran for like a buck 80 or something. So like he obviously did really well, but like he's not a thrower. The question is, is Montana State legitimate contender here with this new quarterback? Like do you feel like this defense and the running game can can carry them to a championship? So Malo who stepped in, I'm still probably mispronouncing that. Uh, Somebody gave me a correct pronunciation on Twitter, but I'm definitely still – butchering it but he's a freshman not a very big quarterback but we see that he's a great athlete he, he rushed for a, a really good performance uh kind of fits nicely as a, a, a secondary option to to Afonze. um I would say that they're legit defensively but I, I can't really speak confidently on a guy that is a freshman and it's kind of the same thing with Cam Miller where if you're putting him up in a in a semifinal game and it comes down to a uh, a third and five, and you need him to pick it up. Do you really trust a freshman? And in this situation, a guy who's more of a runner than a thrower, um, I think it's a little bit difficult for me to really buy in with all of the drama that's going on with this uh, this Montana State roster. And and they're a good enough team that they can work past it. Troy Anderson's fantastic, and this defense is certainly elite. Um, but I think that they've lost a little bit of their steam after getting beaten up a little bit by uh, by Montana in the final week of the season. You know what? Ryan gave me this question, but I'm going to modify it a little bit. <laughs> oh, you don't do your own homework, huh? You don't write your own scripts? It's, it's all right, You right? gave me this question to ask. I just, I'm modifying it. Modify so, it, sir. <laughs> his question is, is, is anybody else a contender to take the title besides North Dakota State or Sam Houston? And I, you know what? I want to say this. I think I think Ryan is sleeping on this other division. I mean, think about James, the rich history of football, James Madison at Montana, at South Dakota State, and who knew Villanova's an FCS team? Um, I, I did. Everybody, everybody else listening did. <laughs> Go ahead. And who knew Villanova was in was even in this thing? They play football at Villanova. Oh my goodness! Brian <laughs> West Brian Westbrook came for Villanova. Oh Brian, West, now he's hilarious. Brian Westbrook's hilarious. He's a very funny man. He was at the Giants with me for a little bit. He's so funny. But anyways, <laughs> um, now I I think he's sleeping on who could 
besides Sam Houston State and North Dakota State, who could be the next title holder at FCS? Not those two. You can't pick either one of those two. You didn't See, I, even mo- – you said you modified my question. You didn't even modify it. You asked the same thing just differently. That's a modification, Ryan. No, but no, you, Ryan, didn't, actually, Ryan, you, didn't, you didn't actually change anything, that's, though. That's you didn't a actually modification. Change. He just crapped on you for the phrasing of it and then still said <laughs> But Joe, Joe honestly – I support, you wait, wait, I, I support uh, that, though, because I don't – I don't know if either of those teams are really necessarily favorites. And Sam Houston's a good football team. They're the one seed for a reason. But the the way that I see this bracket, I'm a little bit higher on two different teams. James Madison, like you mentioned, um, David, has looked dominant in this final stretch of the season. Their one loss comes against Villanova, which was earlier on in the year. They've rebounded. They kicked the crap out of southeastern louisiana last week which is supposed to be a prolific offense cole kelly is who's their starting quarterback is uh, nominated for the walter payton award which is the fcs heisman he's going to be a possible nfl player he's on nfl radars uh, according to talking to ryan about that stuff um possibly as a tight end not a quarterback but they kicked the crap out of him and they forced He's he's six foot seven and four ace and two hundred and seventy pounds playing quarterback. Yeah, no, he's he, he's, he's, he's Fred Wakefield. He's good. He's yeah. Fred Wakefield. He's, he, <laughs> he was originally in Arkansas and then he ended up at Southeastern Louisiana. But Sorry, that Joe. that yeah. performance for me is a, a very clear indication that this James Madison team is very complete. They've got so many offensive weapons. Their running back group is so deep that like if the fifth guy had to step in, which they've basically gotten to that point where they've had to pull from like the fourth or fifth guy at times because of running back injuries they're still going to be productive Cole Johnson looking better and better still a little bit inconsistent but still able to get the job done with everything around him but the other one for me is a little bit more of a sleeper I'm still really high on South Dakota State I this team would have been seated if it wasn't for some crazy stupid Hail Mary play that was all over Sports Center. they have an elite run game with Isaiah Davis and Pierre Strong they did not have Isaiah Davis for most of the season because of an injury comes back right in time for the playoffs. And this Jackrabbit team is rolling. If you got the, get those two guys going, they are going to be hard to stop. Not to mention how good they are defensively. That is a very, very good Jackrabbit team that probably should have been seated. Yeah, now they are a really good team. Isaiah Davis is the truth. Pierre strong jr. Is a senior bowler. So great running game. I guess the last question before we go into the pickums for this week, Joe, is I wanted to mention this because Coach Prime down at Jackson State, of course, Deion Sanders just had a huge victory. I think they ended the year eleven and one. Was the SWAC champions? Actually, I think they have one more game. Right, they play in the Dream Bowl, I believe. They play in the Dream Bowl, yeah, yeah. So they'll be playing in the Dream Bowl. But eleven one season, a fantastic year. Obviously, it is only his second year at Jackson State. He has taken what was a struggling program and done really well. The question, and I'm modifying this for you. I'm modifying this question like David likes to modify everything, right? Just <laughs> to modify stuff. It, I, I believe that he's going to be a guy that's going to be heavily valued by some programs moving forward. I'm going to leave it to F- FBS. Is this the year that Deion Sanders is an FBS level higher, or do you feel like this is something that still needs to kind of evolve into the future? I think that Coach Prime is going to stick around for a while. Um, to me, he's the type of person who is stepping into a situation that he wanted to not just be a head coach, but to build up a program and put a program on a national um, perspective. Everybody was talking about Jackson State when he made that decision to to take over that job. He was able to get plenty of transfers from bigger programs. He was able to get some three-star guys, some highly touted juco recruits what he's been able to do in the limited amount of time he's had has been fantastic and i think that ultimately his goal was to turn jackson state into a very very good uh, hbcu and fcs program not to mention the fact that he's got his two sons that are are playing there right now he's probably going to stick around until they finish um and you know the other thing too that i think comes into play with with coach prime is that he he really needs probably the best opportunity for him to actually go and leave and i I don't see him not leaving unless it's the florida state job um again i feel like he's his priority is going to be building up jackson state over um moving up unless it is literally the dream job that would be ideal for him which would be the florida state coach 
Yeah, and I, I feel like, and I'm gonna make a, I'm gonna make a prediction here. And David, I would love your reaction maybe to it. I think it's a foregone conclusion that sometime in my lifetime, in our lifetimes, we are going to see Deion Sanders as the head coach of Florida State. I feel like it's only a matter of time. I yeah. think it's going to happen eventually. No, I think eventually, but I think it won't be his first FBS job. Fair. I don't think, I don't think it'll be his first FBS job. I think he'll get a FBS job that's mid-range, maybe out of Power 5, and then he'll do his thing there. And then Florida State will come calling. I, I think he'll be at Jackson State maybe two, maybe two more years. I don't know if it'll make three more years, but two more years. Um, watch his kids go to college, coach them, and then when they, you know, are either on the about to leave, graduate, or they're gonna graduate and go, um, he'll probably find that first FBS job, be there two or three years, and then Florida State might come calling. That's fair. That's fair. Um... I don't know. I, 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 I don't know what the – I think the big thing that's going to be dependent on it is, like, what's the timetable for Florida State? Like, if that comes open next year, let's say, or if two years from now, is that the moment, right? Because, like, I agree that, like, there's probably one more step that should be taken before Florida State, but I think that the timing is going to be, like, a big conversation piece with it. Well, and if he's got Jackson State rolling, like, again, if he's sitting there and they're, like, again, win the championship next year, win the next championship, right? Yeah, I mean his credentials will be bigger than Texas Tech's coach. I mean that guy doesn't have the credentials to coach, you know, a sack of, a sack of manure, but he's coaching, you know, Texas Tech. Um, but I'm sorry, I, I mean these Texas high school coaches, they just fluff each other off all left and right. It's just ridiculous. But um, what, does it, what does it mean to fluff one off, uh, David? Can you give us details? Yeah, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to Google that. And Joe, you're out in the valley. I think you know what a fluffer is out there. Yeah, uh, um, Ryan. I don't know why you want. <laughs> it's a joke. I, I know he was gonna say it. I know. <laughs> um, I, I, Joe, I, I appreciate you for being so nice about the time. Let's do some quick pickums for this week. Uh, if Sean Anderson's out there and you haven't done these picks yet for your podcast, Sean, don't listen. All right, turn okay. it off right now. Turn it off. Um, so, David, let's go down this list. This is according to ESPN order, so I'm not picking games in any order. I guess no. this is just by times. Montana, 10-2 Montana at James Madison, 11-1. This game is the first one Friday, December 10th. Uh, I'm going with one. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut no, you No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I'm going to go with James Madison here. Um, I, like I all I just highlighted there, complete team. I know Montana's good, and they, and they smoked Eastern Washington last week, but uh, JMU is the much more well-prepared team for this matchup. You know what I like about James Madison? Quick segue. Like I know Cole Johnson's like a good quarterback, right? They have a wide receiver, Wells. It's like a, a good player. Very good. But like they don't have – like for me, like – even their stars are like not so high level that you're like, oh, those are easily the front. Like they just have like dudes everywhere. Everywhere. Like, it's weird. everywhere. Yeah. Every position group. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really- with you on James Madison. I like what Montana's doing up there. You know, <clears throat> they did slip to Montana State, if I remember correctly. This Montana State's a right? good team, man. They're a good oh. team. Montana yeah. State's a good team. So no, I think um I think the Grizz and James Madison's gonna be a good matchup. It'll be fun the game to watch. And whoever's defense can stop the other's offense because both these offenses were smoking hot last week. So, again, whoever's defense can actually show up, and I think James Madison just has the favor on that. Like you guys were saying, they have a better defense. So I'm going James Madison on that one. Yeah, I'll pick James Madison. I'll be rooting for Montana, though, because their right tackle, Dylan Cook, is coming to CGS. So check him out. College Grand Showcase next month. Uh, next game, East Tennessee State, who Joe mentioned a little bit with for their miraculous comeback victory last week, taking on North Dakota State, two 11-1 teams, quietly. East Tennessee State, 11-1, including an upset victory over Vanderbilt. Does East Tennessee State have a shot here, Joe? Do they have a chance? No, I don't. I don't think that they do. Uh, what they did was against Kennesaw, which was admirable. But North Dakota State is a different breed. So North Dakota State is is getting a bit of a additional play in game, and they're going to be headed to the quarter quarterfinals after this one. Different breed. Different breed is Saluki, right, David? Guy, what's your pick? Yeah, no, they came. They came hard. Uh, you know, I think East Tennessee State. You know, they really have a valiant effort. What they did last weekend, and what what you know they're going to try to do. 
but North Dakota State's just on a different plane, a different level, and I don't think this is going to be much of I, – I shouldn't say much of a contest. It will be a contest. I'm not trying to, uh, you know, fuel Down anybody play. here. But, yeah. but again, I, I just think they're playing at a different level. They just are. Yeah, and just, again, quick shout-out to past interview with Quay Holmes. If you haven't checked that one out, go check out Matt Sports Take. Um, check out the library, see all the, the great – Interviews we've done. He's over 1,500 yards and 17 touchdowns as the engine for East Tennessee State. We're going to move on to South Dakota State. You didn't pick. Oh, I didn't pick. Um, uh, oh, man. I wonder who I'm going to pick here, North Dakota State. Um, next <laughs> up, I'm going to go to South Dakota State, Joe's Dark Horse. He picked 10-3 and three at Villanova, which David apparently didn't know was an FCS program until this show. So, I didn't know um, they played football. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so, of course – Pierre Strong Jr., Isaiah Davis, strong running game. Chris Oladokun, also a uh, NFLPA Bowl invitee at quarterback for them. A couple talented receivers, good tight ends. But, of course, Villanova, Daniel Smith, Justin Covington. I think there's going to be some offensive scoring in this game, Joe. Uh, your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I, I know Villanova's had a very um, explosive offense. Looked a little flat against Holy Cross last week. But uh, the one thing that I think is going to be a key factor here for the Jackrabbits they play in some horrible weather over in South Dakota. You think that they're going to have a tough time in Pennsylvania? This is going to be a, like a warm weather game for uh, for the Jackrabbits. So give me the Jackrabbits against Villanova. You got one, David? Yeah, no, I know. I'm going with the Jackrabbits. Pick but Villanova, dude. After insulting that, pick Villanova. Come I'm on. not picking Villanova. They're a basketball school. Um, <laughs> but the, it's, it's hilarious that Joe said that because I was thinking the same thing about the weather. I'm like – there's going to be no conditions over there that are going to shock or or throw off the Jackrabbits. And they're built to run, and they're just going to run the ball, and it's going to be great to watch. Uh, I do want to throw a quick shout-out. The last week, I know, Joe, that you mentioned it was a little bit of a struggle against Holy Cross. Forrest Ryan, linebacker from Villanova, David, 21 tackles and three tackles for loss in that game against Holy Cross in one game. And Same his stat line. His, his name's Forrest Ryan, playing linebacker. Fantastic name. Fantastic He's got great name. hair, too. I He's got gonna, great hair? Great hair. Great. He's got lo- very long hair. Oh. Yeah. You, you don't know much about hair, well. David. Sorry. Um, I am also – does nothing. The beard game was impressive. <laughs> How's his beard game? South Dakota State's <laughs> victory here. I wanted to pick Villanova because Villanova is about 40 minutes for me, but – Gotta go because David, like David said, it's a basketball school, right? So, uh, last game on the tap, we have Montana State 10 and 2 taking on Sam Houston State, defending national champion Sam Houston State 11 and 0, Sam Houston State 10 and 2, Montana State. Joe, call the upset, do it. No, I, I like Sam Houston in this one. Um, I think that, that that quarterback issue is going to be a bit difficult for them to navigate against a, a much better opponent. UT Martin's good, but this is actually a, a difficult matchup. Uh, so give me Sam Houston in this one. David, I'm picking no, this one before no, you. I'm no, picking this one no. before you. I'm picking this one before you. No. I'm picking the upset. Montana State uh, run the football down their throats for, and plays good defense. Give me Montana State. Go ahead, David. And I'm with Ryan. I think Montana State. Yeah. I was like, there's no way that this isn't going to be one upset. This is the one upset I'm picking. I think Montana State is going to take this one. And I would like to say, I, w- I listen to Joe's fantastic Believe in FCS uh, football podcast every single week, and I pick against him in my mind every single week, and I am better than him at picking FCS what? games. Throw that That's out not there. true. I beat Sean. That's all that matters. <laughs> but I'm That's not all sure. that matters. <laughs> you, you're not keeping track. Me and Sean were keeping track. So Is, is Sean beating you right now? Are you being no, we're, we already uh, we already finished the tally for the the regular season, and I won by literally one pick. Nice. Oh, so you're not that good then. You're not that good. I'm still better right. than him. Yeah, true. Solid point. Um, so that is the win. Is the win, Ryan. Quit pissing exactly. on his parade. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> so that's the schedule for the weeks. This week, upcoming weeks, matchups in the FCS playoffs, second round. Mr. Joe DeLeon, again, producer at the Believe Podcast Network, as well as my co-host of the Believe in NFL Draft Prospect Podcast and Believe in FCS Football. Joe, appreciate you hopping on, man. If you want to plug anything else that I've not already plugged, feel free, my friend. No, thanks for having me, guys. Always great to hop on and, and talk with you guys um, at Joe DeLeon on Twitter. And then you know where to find our fantastic podcast. 
NFL uh, Draft Prospects podcast. YouTube channel features the FCS show and the NFL Draft Prospects show. So uh, go check that out as we're getting close to 700 subscribers. That's awesome. Yeah, I need to get the uh, FCS show off my uh, off my YouTube channel. But yeah, your YouTube channel. Okay, get <laughs> it, man. Joe, appreciate it, man. We'll have to have you on again. Um, maybe at the end when the championships coming around. Appreciate it, brother. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Joe. All right, and that is Mr. Joe DeLeon again, hopping in with us to talk some FCS football. David, that was actually fun, man. I, I know uh, you're not a big FCS guy, but uh, that was that was good times. Good times. I like that. <laughs> I don't just get it, man. I'm Fuck just you. I love that. I just didn't know Villanova was a freaking football team. I, uh, that's the only part that That's uh, so disrespectful. Villanova's like actually like a per- pretty consistent team on the FCS. I know like they the, are. The I'm playoffs, like – my yeah, buddy, whatever. my buddy's an AD there. He's the AD. Mark Jackson used to work over at the Raiders with me. He was from yeah. USC. He's the AD of basketball over there. So you know, I'm just messing with him, and he knows it. Every time I say it, he's probably over there going, "Oh, geez," you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Loyal listener of the pod, I'm sure. So yes, oh, I would, uh... Mark is a loyal listener. He is a great friend. He's a outstanding man. He's he's got six kids, bro. Him and his wife got six kids. Uh, God bless them. I told him when they, I was like, you need to stop, man. And before you get to a dozen, half dozen's fine. Like, just just get a bit. Ba- you don't need no baker dozen, you know? Sounds like a madman to me, personally. But it's just uh, just my <laughs> they opinion. Stay, they stay thin, the two of them. They're running around, I swear. That's funny. That's funny. Well, we're going to get into some more talk before we do. Have you secured any sponsorships with your name, image, and likeness yet? No. What's keeping you from earning money or gaining products today? Probably access to companies. Maverick Sports Consulting can connect those dots for you. We believe in the power of athletes making a living off of their own likeness while going to college. If it's simply that you don't have access to companies, don't let that keep you from being successful. Contact us at Maverick Sports Consulting so we can help you navigate your path to gaining corporate sponsorships for your collegiate career. An athlete's earning potential is limited. Why wait until tomorrow to start earning today? It doesn't matter what sport you play. We help all our clients achieve the goals. Just contact us at Maverick Sports Consulting. TikTok, the clock is ticking. All right, David, so we're going to get into some of our some of our, you know, hot topics for the week. Uh, I did I did put out a mailbag uh, questionnaire earlier on Twitter. I don't know if we're going to get to the mailbag, though, because we went heavy into the FCS. So we'll see how far we get. Maybe we'll throw in a couple mailbags at the end, depending on time. I, I'm not very good with time management sometimes on this podcast. So, like, we've got to stay, gotta stay sharp there. Neither, so, neither one of us are. Keep going. Yeah. All right. Uh, so Joe Brady. David, of course, texted me about this because he knows I'm a fan of Joe Brady. That's former, your boy. That's former, your boy. Former LSU passing game coordinator turned Carolina Panther offensive coordinator was let go this week at, from his duties as offensive coordinator. Um, I guess let's just do some reactions here, David. I, actually, can I lay out my, my opinion here? Because, like, you know, we just texted briefly about it, right? So there's multi-layers here. Apparently, Joe Brady has been uh, trying to find a different job kind of behind closed doors and maybe doing it on work time <laughs> to start out with. So he's kind of has one foot out of the door a little bit. I think that it is a scapegoat, to be honest with you. Matt Rule and this Carolina Panthers team, after starting very hot early, has sputtered, to say the least. They have not been good at all. There have been offensive struggles, but there have also been a lot of defensive struggles. I think Matt Rule has not done a very good job after what I thought was a very promising year last year, a lot of good stuff down the stretch. I think that this is one of those hires where you're like, I need to get the attention off myself. I need to make it seem like I'm making a change that will be for the better, blah, 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 blah. I don't think that this is a direct indication of Joe Brady's abilities as an offensive coordinator. I think he has shown a lot of good things in spurts. Unfortunately, they – spent a second-round pick on Sam Darnold to bring him over, and Sam Darnold apparently can't play. Like, let's just call it what it is. He apparently just can't play. So they made a bad decision there. But when you don't have a quarterback, you are handicapped offensively, obviously. They had to go to Cam Newton because they were desperate, right? Let's call it what it is. So I don't think this is a direct indication of Joe Brady. I think that he's kind of been looking elsewhere, and he's been put into a bad situation, to be honest. And I still think everything I've heard about him, everything I've read, everything I've listened to, I think that he is still a very good offensive mind that's going to land on his feet very quickly. That's just kind of my two cents of the situation. Yeah, I think you're wrong. Um, about what? I, about what? I said a lot of things. What am I wrong about? Well, you know, I wasn't a Joe Brady fan even last year when they were finishing out the year and everything else. 
what I thought they drafted well this year. I thought some of their draft picks last year were okay. Um, they went all defense, which to me is like not one of my favorite things to do. I think you can go heavy on one side of the ball or the other, but by neglecting a, one side of the ball entirely is, um, is never a good decision. So for me, you know, I was just like kind of skeptical on that. But when we come in now, you, you trade for, for Sam Donald. You give Sam Donald a new contract. Like, they didn't even have to do that. The guy had one more year on his contract, right? They go and give him a five-year deal or something. I mean, they they extended him a big contract, I thought, or a decent one. I shouldn't say big, a decent one. And then uh, now he's, yeah, like you said, they go and invest in Cam Newton for a year, and now they're back to the drawing board. I, I didn't like the timing of it, which is what I, my problem was, because everybody was like, they didn't announce it to what, 10 minutes or 15 minutes before the early games on Sunday and they were on their bye week. And so it's like, they could have let him go earlier in the week. And like you said, reports have come out that he's kind of been making the calls and making the rounds, trying to find, you know, a new job. Cause I think the writing was on the wall for him and he knew it. If this staff in Carolina does last longer than this year, it's only going to be a, maybe another year. And then they're going to be out, even though Rule got like a seven year deal. This isn't an owner who cares about money. He's worth $40 billion. So the chump change that he's paying these guys, he doesn't care. He can write the check and get rid of them. No big deal. Um, and, and that's just how this ownership is. He wants results and he wants them now. They, um, you know, Mr. Tepper is not one. I was there one year with him. He is not one to let things linger and sit. So, um, you know, for me, when I heard about it, I was, I was surprised on the timing of it. You know, their offense has been struggling. Their defense, like you said, has been struggling. I didn't think the timing was, the, the timing was interesting to me. I'm not a Brady guy like you. I mean, last year when there was coaches openings, you were talking about Brady being a head coach in the NFL and, and so other people were too. Don't get me wrong. Other people were too. He's being, you know, mentioned in the ne next young guns like Dayball and this and that to come up and be a guy. Um, but I think what, what you saw this year, the, the poor execution of offense. And I can't, and I'll say this, I'm not going to sit here and bash the guy. I can't hang it all on him. Cause I've watched about four or five of the Carolina Panthers games and Robbie Anderson has dropped so many flipping balls this year. He's bad. I mean, He's it's bad. just like there were times when the the play design was wide open. Anderson is in the clear and the ball just gets dropped. And those are the ones that people talk about coaching. It's not coaching because the play design was there. The play design was open or Ian uh, Thomas would drop a ball. Now them trading uh, Arnold, the tight end, I thought was a huge mistake to get that corner up from Jacksonville. It, it, it fell apart as soon as they traded him. It was weird, man. Darnold was playing good football. The offense was moving well. And then all of a sudden, as soon as Dan Arnold was traded, it's like – Wheels fall off. It was weird. Because, timing. Well, because Dan Arnold is a is a really good second tier, not like a top tier. You know, he's not like a Pitts or a Kittle or, you know what I mean? He's not like that kind of guy or a Kelsey, but he's a second tier, maybe even third tier tight end, like right there. But he's really good, and he's physical. He'll block. He's a big target for the quarterback. So you get rid of him, and then, you know, McCaffrey's down. That's yeah. two two people that your quarterback was used to being in. And then Robbie Anderson starts dropping balls. Because the first three weeks, Rodden Rod wasn't dropping the ball. You know, he, he had and like last, seven or eight catches. Last, and, last, and year, last year, he had like almost 100 catches too. Like he was a really good player last year. It's really weird how he's falling off as well. Yeah. So, again, I'm not going to bash the guy entirely for the woes, like, yeah. you know, of it. But the same point. I'm not a big fan of his. I think he, again, if he's smart, he'll go to Oklahoma. He'll he'll take that that offensive coordinator job there, and he'll he'll rock and roll with the Oklahoma crew. You know, and and make it happen, Captain. He better not go back to LSU and be with Brian Kelly. That's all I gotta say. I don't think that'll happen. Um, Oklahoma is rumored, and we're gonna talk about their head coach and hire, but they're rumored to to get. Um, 
Lebby or something. He's like an offensive coordinator, I think, for Ole Miss under Lane Kiffin or something like that. Like that's kind of the guy that's been thrown around there. But now uh, that Brady's, I think now that Brady's opened a lot of a lot of colleges, change. better be looking at him. I mean, yeah. he was oh, really sure. good at LSU and what he did with Burrow and stuff. And he's, I heard he's a heck of a recruiter. So if I'm if I'm an NF, if I'm a, a NC two A coach right now, yeah, I can get this young buck to come call some plays and recruit. I'm on the phone. I'm on the phone. My plans have changed. For sure. No, and I'm there. And I, I think he's still only like 32. So like his, his time's not gone yet, you know. No, so he's like, a young buck. And, you know, yeah. he could be an offensive coordinator at your program for two to three years, only be 35 and still be a guy that can move up, you know, either at the FBS level and get his own program or go back up to the NFL. I mean, for him, I think it would be smart to take take a job in college for a few years and produce a couple kids because I, I think his reputation would come back really quick that way. For sure, for sure. We'll see. We'll see where Joe Brady lands. Next move, we're actually going to go to college in the last three. I, I was going to save this one for last because, uh, all right. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll maybe save why I was going to save it for last. But you just mentioned it a little bit. You mentioned Oklahoma. They hire Brent Venables, of course, the longtime defensive coordinator at Clemson. Who they talked about this. They talked about this a lot. But Dabo really did a good job of keeping his coordinators for a long time there at, at, at Clemson. Brett Venables finally takes the job. Of course, he was at Oklahoma, I believe, as a younger coach. He has ties to Oklahoma. He takes the head coaching job. I think he was there from 07 to 11. Okay, okay. So even more recently than than I remembered. So he has ties to Oklahoma. He goes back. He's going to be their head coach. David, I have some strong feelings about this hire, but I would love to hear maybe your just kind of early impressions about this hire. I'm not in love with the hire for Oklahoma. I'm in love with the hire for the coach. If I'm the coach, I'm like I'm happy as clams on baked, you know, baked baked clams, Alaska, whatever you want to call it, because you're getting Oklahoma that they have some kids there. I know a lot of kids jumped in the portal, but there's nothing, there's nothing keeping them from coming back. Okay, yeah. and again, if you get the right offensive coordinator, and you you say, hey, we're gonna come in here. Clemson's had a good defense. They play good defense over oh, there. Great defense. So, so that's what I'm saying. They're going to the SEC. And this is a guy who is was in the ACC, so they know how to s- recruit at a very high level. They know how you know his, his, the people he's going to surround himself are going to know how to bring you know bring in some good people, bring in some good athletes and stuff. I I I love it for the coach for Oklahoma themselves. You know, I again, there's some other coaches as we talked about. I think it was a week ago we talked about some other coaches we would have put in there. And we would have talked about more in there. It might have been more of a splash for him. But Oklahoma's try, you know, when they, when they hired Stoops and they hired Lincoln, they weren't like all, you know, they were guys that had good success, but they weren't like the top candidates, right? And then they they brought him in and they let him do their thing, and and those guys, you know, obviously proved their worth to him. So I, so here's my thing, ready? So. I'm going to say the positives here, and then I'm going to go off a little bit. Okay, here's the positives. Brett Venables is a Brett Venables is a really good defensive mind. There's no doubt. You don't have this much success that he's had at Clemson for so long without being a smart guy, good football guy. There's no doubt. Good recruiter. I think he'll be able to recruit. He'll be good. He's recruited some damn good football players to Clemson. There's no doubt. I. There's and this isn't something that you can quantify as much for me, David. In my opinion, when I listen to Brett Venables talk and how he just how he speaks and how he presents himself and his personality, I don't see head coach. Like I just don't. I think he's a damn good defensive coordinator. I don't think he comes off as a head coach. And there's just some guys that are like that. Like there's just some guys sometimes that are great coordinators, but then they get the opportunity to be a head coach, and you're just like, there's just something missing there. And obviously, that's a little bit of a harsh judgment because he hasn't been a head coach yet. So, like, I'm going to wait and see on Brett Venables. But my immediate reaction, I put this on Twitter, was that it was underwhelming to me. I'll just leave it at underwhelming. It was. I And I don't think that it really fits how Oklahoma has kind of built their program, an offensive juggernaut over the last few years. Defense has been steadily improving, but still not great. It's been better, though, over the last two years comparative to what it was the previous 10 but I, I just I, – I think ideologically – that's a hard word, man. It's a hard word. But I, from an ideolog- 
Okay. Yeah, I'm not going to say it anymore. Idealistic. From that perspective. <laughs> from that perspective. This is this is this is a proud moment for me because I can say it's words proud. that Ryan can't. I know. When he pronounces those, too often. Those, those words <laughs> that I can't ever even think about pronouncing those names. From a perspective of how a program is built, I don't think it makes a ton of sense because you are switching things around on its head. Like it is quickly changing ideology. All right, I'm not. Why did I even try to say it again? The idealistic nature. How, how of the program is, is a, built is a complete 180. But how, Darcy over here on TikTok, yeah, is she's yeah. an Oklahoma State fan, and okay. she said they're they're totally rebuilding the offensive line. I don't think is uh, OU had hired the right man. So she's yeah. happy. She's Oklahoma State fan. She's saying, OU, you just shit your pants. So you know what? The, the, she's happy over here. She's like, you know, yeah, it, it's all she, good. She, she'll be happy until Notre Dame beats Oklahoma State in the Fiesta Bowl. But we'll talk about that later. I'm sure. That's, we'll that's a that. show for next week. Or yeah, that's a, sh- that's a show for next week. All right. So I, I, I think with how the Oklahoma program has been structured, I think you're doing a complete 180 with Brent Venables, which is just a culture shock a little bit. From a recruiting perspective, you have a lot of work to do because you have lost a lot of kids in a very short amount of time due to the coaching change, the abrupt you know, uh, movement of Lincoln Riley over to USC. That's going to be tough. He's going to be thrown into a tough situation. They're losing a lot of football players off the roster. I know you're saying, like, hey, those guys could come back technically, and you're right. I'm sure they'll retain a couple because Brent Venables is a good recruiter. But still, there is going to be a lot of holes, and you are talking about a massive rebuild, in my opinion, here for Oklahoma moving into the SEC. Not a part of the Big 12 anymore. Or maybe they could tread water and you know maybe win nine games still and get the thing back on track. Like, they're going – to the wolves next year. Like they are getting thrown right into there. So I think that there's a lot of things going against Brent Venables. And I, it's just an underwhelming hire to me. Uh, Just underwhelming, not a bad coach, a good coach. And I preface that he is a good football coach. I don't, he doesn't come off as a head coach to me. And I think there's going to be a lot of things going against him here early in his Oklahoma Sooners career. So we'll see. Last, uh, not last one. We have two more coaching hires. What do we got? Uh, I'll let you pick, David. Ready? So you want to talk about the new Her- Miami Hurricane coach, or do you want to talk about uh, Notre Dame again? Yeah, up to you. Uh, let's end with Notre Dame because you're excited about that. I am very excited about that. Uh, Mario Cristobal, head coach of Oregon, is going to the U, David, which I know he has ties to, the University of Miami. They had a weird situation where like, they were kind of – the people like knew that they were moving on from Manny Diaz, but they hadn't officially ha- fired him. But then there was coming out these reports that they were hiring Mario Cristobal before Manny Diaz was fired. So like the timing stuff was weird. But just from a general perspective, and I'll start off on this one, and I'll let you give, give your two cents. I think it's a good hire for Miami. I, I do. It's definitely better than Manny Diaz. And Mario Cristobal has done did a really good job at Oregon, turning how how what it was what it was. When he first got there, recruiting really well, getting some ballers out there. Kayvon Thibodeau, maybe first overall pick this year, right? And um, next year, they'll have Noah Sewell, the linebacker. They have Penne Sewell. So, like, they, they've been recruiting their tails off, to say the least. Miami is hurting, man. They, I think they ended up having an okay season win-loss record. But, like, if you watch this team, this is not the you that you have traditionally known. I think this is a good step in the right direction, to be honest. Um I think that Miami is on a good trajectory with Mario Cristobal. I think that he is a good football coach who recruits very well. He'll be very attractive there, keeping those kids in Florida. I think that this is a is a, a home run hire. Uh, maybe not a home run. This is a triple, but it's a very good hire for the University of Miami, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, I I am not a huge fan of this guy. You know, I'm out here on the West Coast, and I thought he took a Oregon program and made it just kind of okay. You know, again, I think they have some players there. They do. They, they've got a few. But to go to the U, where the, you're used to, the, like, three running backs that all get drafted in the NFL, to a bunch of receivers, to this and that, I don't know if he's going to be able to stack that roster as high and heavy as he needs to stack it to be successful at the University of Miami. We shall see. I think out here on the West Coast, you can have two or three players, maybe four, and get away with, you know, a good team. But out there, down in, down in the southeast, you need to have a loaded roster. And even though you're in the prime, you know, pickings of Florida and Georgia, and you're up against some big time recruiters that go down there shopping all the time. So I don't know if he'll have the same 
effect there as as you know they might anticipate him having. So you know, for me, I, I I'm a wait and see on this one. I'm not excited. I'm not not excited. It made sense to me when I heard about it, but I'm a wait and see on this one. It's fair. It's fair. I, I just think comparative to what we've seen from Miami, working from the Al Golden era into the last couple things that we've seen, obviously into Manny Diaz, I feel like it's a step in the right direction, at least comparative to what they are now, right? So that's just kind of well, like I mean, where if my mind's going. to do their scouting for him, then he's doing a fantastic job. Well, uh, hit him up, man. Tell him, like, hey, <laughs> hey. <laughs> um, I, 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 don't, I don't know uh, Coach Cristobal too well there. So uh, maybe maybe in the future, though. Last one, David. Uh, man, we're doing well, really, really well on time. And we're going to keep this one short and sweet because last time we talked, Brian Kelly was on his way out very abruptly in front of the playoffs. He talked, talked very negatively about Brian Kelly, and I will continue to do so because I think everything that's transpiring at LSU right now is kind of like, yeah, nobody wants to go with him. But – Marcus Freeman has officially been named the head coach for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Of course, their defensive coordinator this past season, first year with the team, after being in the same capacity for the uh, Cincinnati Bearcats under Luke Fickle. He was also a linebacker coach for Ohio State before that. and was also a linebacker for Ohio State, spent some time in the NFL with the Chicago Bears before a career-ending injury, fifth-round pick, former senior bowl participant. I saw Jim Nagy tweet out. So, I mean, David, you know I'm excited. You know I am. Um, so I'll save my kind of reaction to this. Just your general opinion on the hire. Do you think that Notre Dame did the right thing here? I I think Notre Dame did a fantastic thing getting him. I think he's a great football mind. I think he's a great up-and-coming coach. The team, I really feel love him. I really do. I feel his players play for him. He is a guy who is says all the right things, has done everything right in his career that I've ever tracked. I've never seen a... a a misstep by this guy. This guy is very well rounded as an individual, as a man, as a, a person on and off the field. So the only, the only problem was that he went to Ohio state and I'm not <laughs> an Ohio state fan, but other than that, he's done a fantastic job with himself, his career and everything he's ever stood for. So I, I think it's a fantastic hire. I don't, as you know, I don't like the speed we're going. I don't like the speed of all these jobs coming open. I don't like the timing of it. And I don't like the, I don't like the speed of, you know, people aren't getting opportunities to interview. It's just like, get a guy, let's go, get a guy. Now, I think here Notre Dame got the right guy, okay? I think interviewing a few more guys would have proven to them with confidence they got the right guy. But to me, that all being said, I'm not a huge fan of the speed. I am a big fan of the hire, though. Yeah, and of course, we've talked about kind of the format of hiring in college football. It's a little bit odd and I know the NFL can kind of be the same way to a degree but uh, from my understanding David they actually did have some coaching um, they had they had some coaching interviews set up and the apparently the the uh, athletic director Jack, Jack Swarbrick he hired he interviewed Marcus Freeman first uh, internal candidates right I think he also interviewed the offensive coordinator Tommy Reese for the position who is staying retaining under coach Freeman. Uh, yeah, I know. No, that wasn't what I wanted either. But, like, it's fine. Offensive coordinator continued to grow. He's 29 years old. I'm good with him being on the staff, which is not a head coach. Um, but anyway, they interviewed Freeman, and apparently he canceled all the other interviews. He was like, this is the guy. Like, we don't we don't need to do this anymore. This is the guy. And I, I'm okay with it in that sense because I think they were doing their due diligence. And I think just when you know, you know type of thing, you know. And I, I think that the, the, the you know, players you, wanted it. When you meet your wife, you know, right? You, you, yeah. Something about, but you still have a couple other dates at the beginning of a relationship. <laughs> unless you find the right sure. one early. Unless you find the and, right one early. Just say, you still have, while you're still in the dating mode, you have a couple drinks with a couple other ladies just to make sure you're making the right decision. <laughs> what a metaphor. And, what you a know, metaphor. You just have a couple coffee here, Danish there. Doesn't hurt anybody, you know. That's a great metaphor. I, I really appreciate it, that metaphor that you just gave us. I'm but, sure your wife did uh, too. <laughs> uh, well, I don't think she's in the other room. So maybe <laughs> if, if not, it's not a big deal. I didn't say anything. Wait, she doesn't uh, listen to the show? That's some bullshit. My wife does not listen to the show. I actually asked her one time if she wanted to listen with, to it, and she's like, she said no. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> she does not listen to my podcasts. <laughs> she's um, like, no, that's your thing, baby. That's your thing. Not right, mine. Right. That's my thing. Um, 
So I would just like to say I am ecstatic about it. This is the, this is the most excited, honestly, David, that I have been as a Notre Dame fan in a long time. I'll be very honest because I was young when they hired Charlie Weiss. I think I was like – was that 2004 or something like that? So I was like 13, right, like 12 or 13. Like I didn't have like a football mind at that point. Like I was just like, wow, New England Patriots offensive coordinator. That's so cool. And then, like, the first couple years, it was good stuff with, like, Brady Quinn and Jeff Samarja and all those dudes. But, like, you didn't actually have, like, a complete understanding of the hire. I love this. Young coach, very good defensive mind. He is a damn good recruiter, like, dynamic recruiter. And I told you this, David. If they were going to hire, like, a Luke Fickle, let's say, or another uh, another coach, for me – the only way you do it is if you can retain Marcus Freeman because I think he is an absolute star in the coaching ranks. So I'm excited. I'm very excited um, to see what he does with Notre Dame. We'll see him in the bowl game against Oklahoma State in the Fiesta Bowl to see if how he, how his debut does. I know it's kind of a weird debut when you you know you've been thrust into position and you you know you're you're familiar with the team obviously, but like but not in that capacity. Yeah, he's been and, there. He's been yeah. there. It's not like he's coming from the outside going to coach it. Yeah, but it's a, it's obviously a much different dynamic. <laughs> you know, like it's not ordinary. Like he's going to be the guy in front of everyone, and every timeout decision is his, and every time management decision is his, and it's going to be it's going to be a different dynamic. You know, uh, from that perspective. But we are right at an hour here. We did not get to the mailbag questions, so we will save those for next week. Want to thank everybody that has tuned in with us on Twitter, YouTube, or Facebook. Being interactive and TikTok. I forgot to say TikTok. We were interactive on TikTok our t- as well. Our TikTok fans are let's let's go pokes beat the gold. It's okay, already a fun. t-shirt. It's oh, already pokes. a t-shirt. Chill out. Uh, <laughs> after after <laughs> seeing their after seeing them against Baylor, I'm not too worried about it. But um, oh. yes. So <laughs> so want to thank you all so much. If you can go give us a rate, give us a subscription. Really appreciate it. Five-star reviews are very well appreciated. We we thank you all so much for the growth that we have seen over the last 68 episodes. The Unmuzzled Sports Talk, talking to the business of sports. I'm going to let David Turner end us, but I just really want to just show my gratitude to you. We are less than a month now. I will be down to Fort Worth, Texas in my first College Gridiron Showcase event, which is a lot of fun. Uh, me and David just had an awesome call with some agents perspective because we have, and this is a partnership that has been announced already. But if you haven't seen the news, Maverick Sports Consulting and RiseandDraft.com have combined to do a awesome consulting package. So whether you're an agent, an industry professional, or a player, a prospective player that might be thinking about like, oh, what's, what's my future hold type of thing, we can help evaluate you and help you build what your what your next steps is here. And we have great eyes and a lot of experience, and we would appreciate if you want to take out look at our consulting packages. It is going to be made available to the public very soon, but you can message me at Rise and Draft on Twitter. You can message David at Mav underscore sports, and we'll make sure that we direct you to the right place to talk about it. But the floor is yours, my friends. Last words of the night for the 18-year scouting vet, David Turner. Uh, Ryan, I, I just want to say thank you for uh, parent par- partnering with me on everything from Friday Night Scout School when we did it last year to the podcast and now, you know, with our consulting business uh, that we're moving forward with and our partnership there. It's really an honor to work with you each and every time we get on. It's, it's your, <laughs> you know, I've said it so many times in my career. I hate stupid people and you're not. <laughs> And so, therefore, it's fun to work with you because you challenge me in ways like throwing an FCS show at me going, hey, and it has been like years since I really looked at the FCS, right? So I was like, mm-hmm. oh, gosh, I got to go do some homework now on the FCS. <laughs> and, and, and to see Villanova in the playoffs really was a shock for me. Um, so it was just like, oh, goodness, man, I got to think about this stuff. But I love that. I love that about our partnership, that it, it keeps me on my toes. It keeps me thinking through all the prospects and prospects of the NFL season, but then also about the business. We talk to players about what they're going through. We talk to coaches, you know, throwing coaches, quarterback coaches, line coaches, D line coaches, whatever. We talk to women in politics. We take on social, um, you know, uh, concerns and injustices and things, but everything we we're partners in it through and through. And we, and we, and we take it on together, which I just love uh, about our partnership. So thank you. And I'm very proud of you for the Gridiron Showcase. I'm hoping to make it. I don't know if I'll be able to, but if I can, 
I really am hoping to make it to be down there and, and watch you kick off your first all-star game like you, you know, that you're doing down there. Um, to everybody else that's out there, everybody that's on TikTok, Twitter, uh, Facebook, wherever you're watching us right now, thank you so much for everything. Hug your loved ones. You don't you never know when it's the last time. I'm losing friends left and right in different ways, but hug your loved ones. Um I want to give a shout out to my buddy George Martinez. Shout out to Jorge. I don't know if he's gonna be listening, but he called me today. Haven't talked to him in years. He's a high school football coach here, but he coached with us at the Raiders. He's 70 years old and he 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 stepped down as his high school head coach last night and he wow. called me today because he needs a golfing buddy. So I nice. thought that was great. And I was like, Jorge, whenever, just let me know. Um, he's my brother from another mother, even though he's 70 years old, we used to kick it around the like, work late nights, everything at the Raiders together. And he lives here in uh, the West side of the Valley. So last word goes out to Jorge. Love you, bud. Congratulations on an incredible football career and hit him straight, buddy. I love it. Great way to end it. Again, Mass Sports Take, episode 68, signing off. Everyone have a great week, great weekend of football action. Make sure to check out not only the NFL, but, of course, the Army-Navy game this weekend. We'll be back same time, same place next week. Everyone have a blessed For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.